Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me! Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, it felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Brett Allen here. Today on the show, we are talking to comedian and on-air radio personality, Brittany Brave. You came across my For You page on TikTok and Instagram, and I was like, I have to talk to her. You're hilarious. I love your point of view as a comic. Thank you for your time. It's nice to meet you. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Yeah, so I was looking at your website and just researching about you, and you're in Miami, but you perform in New York where is like your home base as far as comedy, working out material and all of that? Is it both? Do you split both times? Yeah, I um. so I was born in New Jersey and I have a lot of family up there, but I was raised in Miami. So I'm just an East Coast brat, no matter how you slice it. And grew up in Miami and did a couple years in New York. And right as I started stand up and started pursuing comedy full time, COVID kind of intervened and had other plans for that. Um, so I relocated back home to Miami. So I am predominantly based in Miami. I go to New York quite a bit. I did the back and forth thing, but actually now I'm on the road. Yeah. So I'm going to, I have tour dates all over Rochester, Boston, Denver, Tempe, Chicago. Um, so I guess I'm living out of a suitcase now for, for the best part. I love it. Well, I'm in the Denver area. So when I'll have to check out when you're coming and come see you, I think that's great. It's interesting because I've talked to a lot of comedians. They all get their start in different places. But as far as performing, do you prefer one place over the other? I've heard New York is a great place to cut your teeth as a comic. New Jersey and that way is to really work your bits out. And then if you want to do the L.A. thing, you can. But New York is great for just really getting good at your craft as a comic. It definitely is. I'm very grateful that I got a chance to start in a Mecca like New York City uh, because you're around the best of the best. And it's a very it's a comedy city. The audiences are tough. They they're oversaturated with the world's most talented, gifted, famous comics. So I really got a grasp quickly on the hustle and what it would really take to write a joke. And then I'm really grateful for Miami, which is kind of the complete opposite and very much so not a comedy city but it taught me how to really grab a crowd and wrangle them and really like take them in and and make them my own make them my bitch if you will so um, (laughs) which Miami crowds definitely try to do that to you first so you got to be a couple steps ahead with them but I mean I think that's like the benefit to even just touring now and going out and doing as much as I'm doing um yeah that's the only way you become a better comedian is if you test whatever it is you're doing in front of as many different kinds of people and walks of life as possible. So I love that. That's interesting about Miami. I was going to ask how that was for the comedy scene, but you pretty much answered that question. So it's sort of like the antithesis to any other crowd you could probably perform in front of, especially when you're starting out. You know, I've obviously now you have the experience, but making the audience your bitch. I love that because it can be tough because audiences come and they show up. 
I've never done this. Well, not even at the beginning going, okay, make me laugh, but really people want to be entertained and you have to really capture that audience right away. Or I can imagine, is it tough once you lose a crowd, especially performing in the Florida, Miami area, or you're pretty savvy. I've watched a lot of your clips, so you know how to handle people really well. Absolutely. hundred percent. Thank you. I mean, I have a, a big improv background, which a lot of stand-ups okay. like to rag on improv that it's not real comedy, but man, that comes in handy whenever you're losing a crowd or you don't have a footing on a crowd and you know, like you can just rely on yourself or rely on crowd work or read a room. And you know, it's interesting you say that, like, it's like, I've been traveling so much across, like, especially the last two, two and a half months. And that's a lot of sets, both in and out of Miami and in all these different places and crowds and sized venues. And, you know, some you murder, some go great, some go okay. And I think as you start to do this long enough, it's never going to not bother you when you lose a crowd or it's never going to not irk you when something doesn't land. But you kind of start to learn that it's not that polarizing and black and white. It kind of ebbs and flows and some one thing might not get the pop you want, but something a minute later might. And, you know, it's kind of just about collectively drawing people in and you feeling okay about how everything went. And and also remembering to try to have fun, which is crazy because comedy is my most favorite thing in the world. But obviously like anything else, once you make it your job, you have some days when you're like, Oh God, I don't feel up to this. Fuck this crowd. Uh. Yeah. I can imagine it could be a bit of a challenge in that regard when you're not feeling a hundred percent. So that leads me to my next question. When you so you have a long weekend, you're performing somewhere like Denver or wherever, and you're having a hard time getting into it. What pulls you out of the funk? And because if a comic's having a bad night, you can definitely tell, like I've seen some really great people, big, small, it doesn't matter. I think the art form, and I call it that what you do is so different than anything else that anybody could do because you're standing on stage and you're telling stories, you're telling jokes, and your job literally is to make people laugh, but people might not be responsive. So if you have a tough crowd, what is your way to work out of it? And do you do crowd work? Do you find people? Do you get to know people? Like, what is your favorite I'm thing to do? not going to lie to you. I am at a point with my stand-up and my comedy that if I have a tough crowd, I lean in. I love it. Like... I just like lean in and I I double down. I go in for the dark material. I do whatever it is I want to do. I'm not going to say I purposely like, you know, like throw the room or throw the show. But like if they're going to be tough and they're going to be difficult, I'm not going to make it easy on them either, yeah. essentially. So, you know, and at some point it's like if they're going to be hard to please, then you might as well just it's kind of like bad sex. You might as well just get yourself off at that point so <laughs> you know you're like well all right here we go two can tango everybody here we are yeah well if you're not going to help me out or we're not going to connect in this way i'll just handle things on my own you have to because i don't know like we have a lot of comedy clubs here in colorado there's one here in fort collins the comedy fort it's a small room it's like 250 people very intimate and they have some of the biggest names in the world that come perform there. And I went and saw somebody recently. I don't want to mention the name. I'll tell you later if you're interested, but it was funny because when this person showed up, well, I'll say it, Bobcat Goldthwait, everybody had this idea of what they were expecting. And his set was probably the most non-linear I've seen, but it was funny because he was telling stories and just really capitalizing 
on specific highlights of his career. And he lost the crowd for a little bit and he brought them back really quickly, but he did what you mentioned. He leaned in and he really doubled down. I think it's cool that you, and I've seen this in your clips, you don't make it easy on the audience. Like it could be very easy to let them off the hook and take the full responsibility, but it's a two way street, right? You mean you have, you're putting in the effort. I think so. That's how I think about it. And like, you know, I don't, I don't think it's smart to ever blame a crowd. So I try to avoid doing that and blaming a crowd. But I also think you can objectively see when some crowds are amazing and some crowds are not as amazing. And, you know, you have to like kind of gauge what that ceiling is in the room. And I personally have always kind of judged everything by like, if the most experienced comic on the lineup, the person who has been definitely doing it longer than me, more established than me, if they're struggling, then I know it's probably a tough show. Yeah. But also on that same token, if I'm like, man, I didn't like that crowd. They weren't good, uh, 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 you know, and making all these excuses. And then, you know, an open micer can go up after me and absolutely destroy. Then it's like, well, if one person killed, then that means a kill was possible. Like, you know, so you have to kind of like, ride that balance between so i i say that to say like yeah it definitely is a two-way street and some crowds give you more than other crowds do it's never good to blame the crowd but i think you can objectively look at a room and say they're quiet they're tight they're fun they're drunk you know and whatever adjective you want you just kind of take it from there you handle hecklers really well too which i think is a very cool i know i think that's fun but i i honestly have to say i think secretly a lot of people go to a show, they buy the VIP seats, they sit up front and they intentionally want to be messed with. I, I think on some level, maybe it depends on who it is. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. you love hecklers, you love them and you handle them quite well. How do you toe the line, Brittany, between having fun with them and putting them in a place where they need to understand this isn't, you know, there's like, unspoken rules about that versus just like slaughtering somebody and making it personal. Absolutely. Yeah. Turn, having mean, the room turn on you basically, because now you're just being mean. I'm not saying you've done that, but it's a thin line to toe. I feel like it's a very thin line. And to your point about people buying VIP seats and sitting in the front row and wanting to be a part of it. I agree. That's a thing now. And I think that the heckler was a much more rare breed and rare thing um, back in the eighties. Yeah. And back in the 70s and stuff, like people, you know, if somebody was heckling, they were really an asshole, asshole or really intoxicated. And I think because of social media now, TikTok, especially, course, yeah, they just think it's OK. And you're right. They actually go to the show with the intent of like fucking with you a little bit and like getting in a clip with you or something. But, um, you know, I opened for Jessica Curson and uh, she's, she's one amazing. Of my yeah, she's amazing. It's yeah, she's the best comedian ever on every front, like material, vulnerability, likability, crowd work, everything. She's just phenomenal. And she's so good to younger comics. And she had basically given me the advice one time that was like, you can never be meaner than them. Like, you have to hold your ground. Don't show them you're scared. Give it back for sure. But, you know, you never want somebody to leave a comedy show crying or, you know, like, you know, so it's it's a little <laughs> bit of a tough balance. And if you also think that you're in a position where you're not going to handle that heckler well, maybe don't get on stage that night or maybe don't engage or maybe don't. Yeah, just but, don't do crowd work. It is become a thing now. TikTok has really like 
I talked to another comedian the other day, Bill Dawes and a couple other guys, and they said something interesting to your point where people almost show up now because they want to be on video. I wouldn't do that. If I'm sitting in the front and like this show in Fort Collins, I use that as an example. You had to order all your meals, all your drinks, everything on your cell phone. It was like a QR code thing. And so he kept going, what's going on with the phones? And then he finally realized that he thinks that he's bombing now because right, you're on where he's like, what's going on right. over here? You know, what's going on over there? So, so there was a lot of that. That wasn't his fault necessarily, but I wouldn't show up just, I would never heckle a comic because I feel like I'm talking to a, a jujitsu artist now who's going to slice me into pieces. But if I'm sitting in the front and I get pointed out, John Mulaney, Anthony Jeselnik, all these guys, Jessica, so many Sarah Tiana, they just do such a good job of having fun with people. You want to come and go, man, I had a good time, but yeah, I don't want to leave pissed and irritated. But if I'm messing with you on purpose, I kind of deserve it a little bit. Like if you're going to, I would agree. Lean I would into agree. me that much if I'm screwing with you on purpose. You know, and I think that goes to the show exactly what you said earlier, that this is a conversation stand up. Yeah. It's not a monologue. It's not um, a one way tomato fest from the crowd. It's a song and dance. It's a give and take. It's a conversation. And you know what? I think that that's a really good piece of advice for comedians and crowds, right? Like neither of us want to leave having had a bad time. Right. Everybody wants this to go well, you know, and and it's so it's like kind of keeping that in mind as a comedian to make sure like, hey, handle that heckler. But let's make sure they leave tonight feeling good that they saw a live comedy show. But on the other token, it's like, hey, have fun at the comedy show. But also maybe don't make the comedian want to ram their head into a wall after like, don't be a jerk, you know? So, yeah, I, I think forth. that's great. Well. As I mentioned at the beginning, as we wrap here, I've seen so many of your clips. I've watched a lot of things that you've done. You mentioned Jessica. Who are some other influences, a comic that have shaped you and your style as far as like what works for you doing stand up? Yeah, I love Joan Rivers. She is my phone background. You can see an early photo of Joan. Um, and it's interesting because I didn't really appreciate a lot of the fashion police stuff that she did. Just wasn't for me, um, even though it was hysterical and obviously a hit. And, you know, but I really kind of really discovered her later in life when I specifically started doing stand up. And then okay. that's when I had a discover. I, I knew who she was, but I hadn't necessarily watched her stand up because by the time I was alive, not to date myself too much here. That was predominantly what she was doing was like the fashion police stuff. And I started stand up and then I kind of looked a little bit closer into her and her stand up. And, and I really love her and channel her. And I love Eliza Schlesinger. I love Jessica. Um, I love Chris Rock. I love Carlin's cynicism. I love Sam Kinison. I love Michelle Wolf, but I'm also like, I love Chris Stefano, and he makes me belly laugh because I'm an Italian from New York. So I relate to how he just is. And, yeah. you know, I think as a comedian, you take a little bit of every comedian that that you admire and 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 like, you know, obviously not every comedian, but like, I think, you know, you take a little bit from everybody. You should be able to learn something from everybody. But to be honest, my biggest influences are my life. Like everything I do is really autobiographical and. I try not to talk about anything on stage that I don't care about. Love it. Basically, you know, like observational, sometimes hard for me. Um, I definitely lean a little bit more personal. 
Yeah, I think that's fun for me too, is then I can connect with you in certain ways because it's very specific. Chris, all the people that you mentioned, Melissa Rivers was on the show last year. She had a book that she wrote about her mom and it was all biographical nonfiction, which was funny talking about stories if her mom were alive today, what she would be saying and have to say about certain things. So that's a great influence, Joan, to have. One last question. I mean, we're in the age of social media and Mm -hmm. people are, I'm not here to call anybody out, but TikTok famous, Instagram famous. It's like they post a few clips, COVID, that was like a big thing. And now they're like touring the country. I think it's great that everybody gets a piece of the pie and can experience success. But my question is, if somebody gets picked out of obscurity that way and doesn't really get a chance to grind their teeth and do things a certain way like you've done, do you feel like they miss out on some things and some of the experience? Or is it just, it's great that they're, that's just the way that it was meant for them to be not trying to lead the witness here, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say. You know, I feel like I'm a cop out on this podcast because I keep kind of taking middle of the road answers, but no, I wouldn't, you're good. You're fine. (laughs) I'm not trying to be PC. I promise. I'm, I'm the least person. I'm, I'm the least person concerned with being, with being PC. Um, I will hurt feelings. No. Um, I think, there's something to be said about everybody's. I will say this: um, a lot of the people that seem to have taken a shortcut to selling seats and are now doing stand-up. Uh, I will. I'll speak for myself. I'm glad my journey was what it was. I'm yeah. glad I'm where I'm at at the pace that I'm at. I'm glad I've, I, I have, and I continue to pay the dues that I do. And I think it's really important to know where you're at, know who you're ahead of, know who maybe you're you're working towards and have a really good sense of where you're at and like yeah not only your journey with stand-up but the ecosystem of this industry and of stand-up um i had an older comic when i started in new york kind of try to tell me that like i was like well i haven't really needed to bark too much for stage time because i didn't i barked a little bit but i just worked really hard and started running rooms and hitting open mics and then i got booked and booked my friends and so on and so forth and had an older comic say like well you have to bark it's just the way you have to do it yeah and you have to and you know don't rush it and you get past at clubs and then you go here and do that and i don't subscribe to that either so i see the merit in doing things your own way and you can't knock somebody from doing things your own way but i will say stand up specifically is a very humbling art form yeah it's it's really challenging. You see amazing comedian struggle. You see people bomb. Sometimes you sell tickets. Sometimes you don't. So I think it catches up to everybody. And I think it weeds out who really wants it and who doesn't stand up specifically. So I guess I'm saying a little bit of both. Like you could definitely carve out your own lane and kudos to you if you're moving tickets after being a TikTok influencer or whatever. But I think like there's something to be said about like grinding it out specifically as a comic and getting opportunities when you're ready for them. Right. You know, like yeah. there's nothing worse than getting something when you're not. And then you kind of fall flat on your face. I love it. Well, Brittany, you are the best. You're funny. Again, whenever you're in Denver, I would love to come see you. Coming soon. Yes. And we'll put your website and all your information so people could connect with you. Again, Please. we've been talking to comedian on air personality 97.3. Am I reading that in the background? Correctly? Yeah, the rhythm of Miami. Yeah. All right. Miami. No, Check her not- out if you're in the Miami area. Well, listen to her. 
and uh, go see her at a college comedy club anywhere near you, a Brittany. Funeral thank- parlor, a yes. King, I'll do any gig, honey. Love it, Brittany. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and thank being a part of today's conversation. You. You thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>